Yes, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? This is episode 16 of the Modern Day Leader, and I'm freaking freezing. Even though we've got the heating on in the house, I've also got a hot water bottle. I swear by hot water bottles. And again, just thought I'd share a little bit of a story before we go in today's podcast. And call me weird, but I go to bed at this time of year every single night with a hot water bottle and a fan on. I know this sounds absolutely bonkers. So, I always have the window open in the bedroom just because I feel like a bit claustrophobic if the window's not open. I always have a hot water bottle because I'm freezing, obviously because the window's been open all day. And then I also have a fan blowing on me. Now, if that's not weird, I don't know what is, but I just thought I'd share that. That is, that is, I appreciate as I'm speaking this out loud, it does sound very, very weird. But I just thought I'd share that with you, a weird and wacky fact of the world of Nick. But today's episode, episode 16, we're in November time and uh, something that I wanted to share in today's episode is about my unhealthy relationship with food. So once upon a time, I used to binge on 10 to 15 chocolate bars per day and um, it might you know, shock a few people. I have actually written about this before on some of my social posts, but I've not spoken about it for a long time. But I used to suffer with a binge eating disorder and uh, suffered with it for years and years and years. In fact, probably about 20 years. I'd probably say from about the ages of 10 until about 30. So it's only about five years ago that I have kind of like overcome this. And uh, this is something that I think will resonate with a lot of people and I know like when it comes to binge eating a lot of the time we kind of associate with being more of like a thing for women but from being a coach over the last 15 years it's something that I've seen with a lot of guys and so I just thought I'd jump on and share some honesty as you guys know like the podcast is about facts and like training nutrition sleep and all that good stuff but it's also about sharing stories and not just the positives I think a lot of people can like look at my life now on social media and think oh Nick's got it quite easy he's got it quite sorted and they kind of see the highlight reels but they don't realize that there's still things that I'm struggling with myself, which I've shared on like some of the recent podcasts. And also, actually, what's kind of got me to this point has been a hell of a lot of challenge, pain. You know, I've been through like quite an eventful journey myself. And I think sometimes when all you're seeing is the highlight reels, it can be quite hard to relate to somebody. But when you actually realize that there's a background story, um, it can make you feel like, actually, you know what, like my journey is, the, the, the journey that I am on is, is completely normal and everybody goes through difficult time so in today's episode it's basically called binging on 10 to 15 chocolate bars per day and how I overcame my binge eating disorder now the aim of today's episode is to one share my story the struggles the setbacks but two to also talk about how I've actually overcome it and to give people hope out there and even if you don't necessarily have an unhealthy relationship with food there'll be parts of this that you'll still be able to apply to any challenge that you're currently going through at this moment in time. So without further ado, let's delve into today's podcast. So first of all, like this started, binge eating for me started when I was about 10 years old, which I know is pretty crazy, right? But I would like come home from school, I would have like a massive bowl of tuna pasta, mayonnaise and sweet corn. I pretty much like lived off that stuff as a kid. And then I would like eat a whole carrot cake, you know, like those carrot cakes you get from Sainsbury's or Tesco where they're already like made. I would eat a whole one of those and I would eat chocolate and I would go through phases where I could just literally eat probably, you know, two, three, four thousand calories at the end of day, at the end of school. And then the next day I'll be doing the same thing. And this cycle went on for years and years and years. 
Now, the thing is, like, nobody ever really said anything apart from my mum, who was like, Nick, I can't believe I only bought that carrot cake yesterday and already it's gone. She would make comments like that. But because I was, like, fit and active, you know, I was very active at school. I would do all the sports. I was playing ice hockey, like, pretty much two or three times per week. I would come home from school and I would do like some weight training, you know, just some light dumbbell stuff and go for a couple of jogs around the block. So because I was quite fit and healthy and I wasn't carrying any weight, nobody said anything about my binge eating. Like nobody has really commented on it for 20 years because they've seen some of my behaviours when it's come to food and thought, that's a bit strange. Like, I don't know how Nick gets away with it. Like, how does he, how could he eat that much and like, you know, still be quite slim. And then, and the reason for that was just how active I was. And also the fact that, yeah, probably genetically, when I look at my mum and dad, you know, there's not many people in our family that are kind of got a weight issue. So I think a combination of genetics and also the fact that I was active never really drew attention. I get the odd comment here and there, but it was more just surprised at how I could eat so much rather than, oh, this is a little bit worrying. But behind the scenes, I would I would hide it a lot. So I remember sometimes I would go to the shop and I would just buy 10 or 15 chocolate bars. I would eat them all. And then instead of putting the wrappers in the bin, because I knew that as soon as my mum opened the bin, she would see all the wrappers, I would put them in a, like a Tesco shopping bag tie up the bag and then put them in the bin so if anybody was to look in the bin at a quick glance all they would see is like a a supermarket bag so this cycle like went on for years and years and years and uh, just an unhealthy relationship with food where I would like binge for sometimes weeks at a time then I would feel shame and guilt and then I'd go on a restrictive diet and this pretty much started from the age of 10 years old which is pretty surprising considering I don't think you know that many 10 year olds would, would have these issues but like I said, it went on for years and years and years, but nobody really said anything. I knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't really know how to deal with it. I'd never come across it before. None of my friends ever talked about anything like it. So I felt quite alone kind of harboring this feeling that I was guilty because I knew I shouldn't be so greedy. I shouldn't be eating so much crap. But at the same time, I didn't know who to speak to about it. And I didn't really fully understand what was happening. And this cycle continued throughout college, it continued throughout university, um, and it was just almost like, yeah, I I guess I kind of felt like an alcoholic, but a secret alcoholic, and because it was food, yeah, nobody really said anything. And I remember it just all getting to a a head, you know, for years and years and years, even when I left university, I was doing my bodybuilding, and I'd go through phases where I'd diet for 12 weeks, get really lean, and then I would just eat crap for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I would rebound, and I could sometimes gain one to two stone. And I would go through these seasons and cycles where I'd be so depressed about being a little bit overweight and carrying body fat, and then I would beat myself up and I'd go on this really restrictive diet, and I was very much like on this emotional roller coaster. And this this happened and happened and happened, and it was just so frustrating, and I developed this belief that, I was probably going to stay like it for the rest of my life, which felt very disempowering. Uh, And then for me, like it all came to a head when my son Noah was born. And I think he was about two years old at the time. And we went to Brighton on a holiday trip. And I was going through one of my bad binge eating periods, where I was literally, I remember this, this holiday, I woke up and I ate like six cherry bakewells, which sounds laughable. Like some of this stuff, as I'm saying it out loud, sounds fucking, part of my French, mental. But I actually just woke up and I went into this, yeah, I'd go on holiday and I just pressed the fuck it button where I just eat and drink anything in sight. And it's almost like I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm on holiday. Once I get back from a holiday, I'll start to neaten things up. This is what I've always done. And this is what I'll always do. 
And I'd, I'd eaten these six cherry bakewells for, for breakfast and I just passed out because as anybody knows, when you eat a lot of sugar and a lot of food, you go into a food coma. And I remember just feeling terrible, like probably one of the lowest I'd ever felt in my life about five years ago. We are on this holiday in Brighton. I was in a food coma and I remember Noah, who's just about walking at the time, just came up to me and just said, Daddy, can we play football in the garden? And I just literally said to him, I can't. Like, And the reason why I couldn't was because I was in this food coma and I was in such a bad state mentally. And I'll never forget the look on his face. He just had this like sadness in his eyes, just like I just let him down. And this disappointment that, you know, all he wanted to do was play with his dad. And I, I'll never forget that look, you know, even as I'm speaking about it now, like I feel emotional about it. Because for me, that was like the lowest of the low, like, now, all of a sudden, my behavior wasn't just letting me down. It was letting my family down. And after about an hour of being in this food coma on the sofa, I just said to all my family, I just said, I'm just going to go for a walk. I just need to get some fresh air. And I just remember walking for about two hours. And then I was in this field and I just broke down in tears. Like there was nobody around. I just broke down in tears. And just this sense of like emotion, like literally I was just crying. I was sweating. It was like I was having this panic attack and I just felt so low. I felt... Just, yeah, probably emotionally at my lowest, just like ashamed of, of who I was and what I was doing and how it was having an impact on people around me. And then I went back home. I didn't like show my face or anything. I just went straight in the shower, wiped down my tears, um, got dressed for the day and just pulled myself together. And I made a promise to myself, like this was the last time that I was going to do this. Like this is the lowest of the low um, and I'm going to do something about it. And I decided that when I came back up that holiday to go and get some therapy because I wanted to understand things a little bit further. I wanted to explore like why I was having this unhealthy relationship with food. So I put on my hand, I reached out for help. I, I went into therapy, which is one of the best things that I could do and quickly realized that it was never, food was never the issue. For me, it was an emotional thing. And one thing that I, I know now with absolute certainty for myself and with, with other people that I've coached over the years with, um, you know, certain relationships with food, like unhealthy relationships with food, is that it's ne food is never the issue. It's an emotional thing. Whenever you go to extremes, it's always to do with your emotions. And for me, I, we kind of like tracked it back to like when my mom and dad split up, which was about the age of like nine or 10, which is when everything started. And again, I, I love my dad dearly. But emotionally at that time, I blamed my dad. And the way I saw it was here was a person that I looked up to. My mum and dad split up and he basically left us. And we went from, you know, being in a happy school to then my mum and dad splitting up, seeing my mum go through that kind of period, having to raise two kids herself, um, you know, being taken out of one school and moved to a different area, a bit of a dodgy area. And that for me, I, I kind of blame my dad and now I don't blame my dad because I realized that there was reasons and, you know, now understanding my dad's story and what everything that he's been through, I have empathy and compassion. But as a child, I, I just lost trust with my dad and I lost trust with the world. And therefore, like if things happened outside of my control and it upset me emotionally, or I felt like I was let down. I would use food as my coping mechanism. And this could be food for anything. So if I was sad, I would use food to cover up sadness. If I was happy, and joyous, I would use food to celebrate that. And if I was bored or lonely, I would use food. So you can see pretty much all those emotions from positive to negative to neutral. I was using food as a way of like covering up stuff, either suppressing stuff or distracting myself from things. And when you think about how many times you're going to experience those emotions, I still experience those emotions on a weekly and a daily basis pretty much. But now I'm aware of it 
I, I use different things to be able to cope with those emotions. So that was a big, big turning point for me going through therapy um, and realizing it was never food was never the issue. It was an emotional issue. And, and that as soon as I realized that, it's like, oh, my gosh, it almost like being, oh, wow, like this, this all makes sense. And that just that realization in itself probably had the most profound issue. Uh, and then what I started to realize was like, right, once we started to unpick the story about how I felt let down by my dad, once we'd realized that it was, I was using food to cover up my emotions, it was then building a better relationship with my emotions, understanding, I used to suppress emotions. So if I was feeling angry or sad or lonely, I didn't address that emotion. I, I couldn't deal with it because the emotion felt too painful. So I would automatically eat food to, to not even address that emotion just to cover things up so first of all I realized that it was normal to have those emotions and I still have those emotions today it's completely normal to feel sad to feel lonely to feel angry to feel frustrated to feel disappointed to feel let down that's normal and just by recognizing that it's okay to feel like that that was a massive weight off my shoulders then it was like when I feel these emotions how can I like label the emotion that I'm feeling and, and actually address it rather than avoid it, address how I'm feeling. And then the third thing was like to put things in place. So for, for me, like some of the things that I do now is one, recognize how I'm feeling that in itself makes it 50% better Two, to write down to journal. Like I keep a journal every single day of things that are happening that are positive things that I'm struggling with. That's very, very helpful. Three, like going on a walk each day so that I can just process what's going on. And I think really if I had to summarize this, it's two things. One is just having the awareness of what goes on. That in itself has been a game changer. And then two is actually handling emotions when they come up rather than avoiding them. So they, they were the biggest things. And then to this date, you know, pretty much five years, my relationship with food has gotten so much better there are still times where I obviously overeat and the, the the thing with food is it's not like alcohol or smoking you don't need to smoke right you don't need alcohol so therefore you know I'm not saying I'm, all these problems by the way and these 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 you know addictive kind of behaviors they're all as hard to overcome as each other but with food you obviously need food to survive so you know food is ever present I have to eat food every single day otherwise I'm not going to survive so I definitely think that side of food can be trickier for people because it is something that we actually need and again full transparency there's still times where I overeat but for me there's a difference between overeating food and having a good time like say on Christmas day where you might have like five to six thousand calories and you're just enjoying it versus using food to cover up emotions to binge to shame to self-sabotage and for me when I overeat it's just because I've overeaten. It's not to do with like what I used to do in the past. So yeah, I just wanted to be honest and open and just share that story because as I've been coaching for 15 years, you know, this is something that I've realized that a lot of people struggle with, not not just the ladies, but also the guys. And uh, I think the more that you suppress things, the, the, the more that things build up. So by actually being honest with yourself and your emotions, you can then start to build a better relationship with yourself and I honestly believe the reason why my life has changed so much uh, particularly over the last five years is my ability to look at myself and to not be critical there are times when I'm still critical but to quickly recognize when I'm being critical that I'm human at the end of the day and you know I'm trying my best and that there are things that I could improve on all the time but rather than like blaming and shaming myself just being curious and learning with each new challenge that comes up seeing it as like a puzzle rather than a fault of me just seeing it as like a mental puzzle that can be solved and that has allowed me to 
thrive in so many areas, not just to overcome some of the things that I've mentioned today and in previous episodes, but to overcome problems and challenges in business, problems and challenges in relationships, in a whole manner of things. So yeah, for me, therapy and just being open and honest about it has been like probably the, the way that I've handled it. So yeah, just wanted to share that. I'm not sure if it's helpful or not. Would love to get some feedback, like if this podcast has resonated with you in any shape or form. And it, like I said to you at the beginning, it might not necessarily be binge eating. For you, it could be alcohol. Alcohol is a big one for guys. So many guys at the weekends go out and get absolutely battered on, on alcohol or have like a couple of beers every single night. Alcohol is a big one. Drugs can be another one. Um, smoking, food, porn like there, there's so many different things that guys will use to cover up emotions and i appreciate it's quite a vast and broad topic and also quite a hard one when you're especially when you're surrounded with guys like a lot of my life i was surrounded with like quite alpha guys who are very much like cover up your emotions like don't play don't show your weaknesses weaknesses is a bad thing whereas and actually I've, i recognize that being open being vulnerable and actually addressing these things that are in inverted commas so-called weaknesses actually turns into a superpower. And I honestly believe that because I've got such a good emotionally good understanding of myself and everything that I've been through, I can see that in other people and I'm able to help other people. Um, I honestly believe that, the, yeah, the struggles that I've been through and what I've overcome has now become my superpower because I've I've walked the walk. I've, I've been in the, the shoes of pretty much all my clients. I know what it's like to, to struggle. I know what it's like to not like my physique. I know what it's like to have no confidence. You know, I know what it's like to try and keep in shape when you've got kids. Like I've, I've walked the walk. So that for me is why I became a coach because I realized that by me overcoming my stuff, I could empower people to do the same with their stuff. So yeah, let me know what you thought of that episode, guys. Always love to hear from people. Like when people tag me in the podcast or they drop me a message, like it just, it, it means the world to me. So um, yeah, feel free to drop me a message. Feel free to tag the podcast. And as always, any questions, feel free to drop me a message. My email is nick at lepfitness.co.uk. Or if you prefer to just send me a message on Instagram, just search for LEP Fitness or Nick Screeton.